Well, 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 well. Welcome back to the drive home with Timothy. You guys thought we were done. It's been about three weeks since the last episode that we uploaded, uh, with good reason. And we uh, we have recorded things since then, and we love to celebrate our incompetence around here, especially the incompetence of the producer and namesake of the show, Timothy, who is seated beside me smiling gleefully. Um, everything that has been recorded over the past couple of weeks was done in the wrong format. And so when it came time to upload, the uploads did not go through or just didn't work or you tried to listen and it didn't show up. So we're back now. We think we figured out the problem. If you can hear us now, then Timothy's incompetence is taking a vacation and we're back on track for now. Uh, Anyway, not a whole lot has happened since the last time we talked, other than I have a new story that I want to tell you. It's about a guy named Robert Liston. Robert Liston was a doctor. He was Scottish, and he was a, he was a doctor in Europe in the early 1800s. Now, being a doctor in Europe in the early 1800s is not like being a doctor now. The whole purpose, he was a surgeon. So as a surgeon, the whole purpose back then, excuse me, uh, the whole purpose back then was if something hurts bad enough or if something is going to kill you, we're going to cut it off. And there was no anesthesia at that point. So they weren't doing exploratory surgery. They weren't taking out a gallbladder or trying to fix a pancreas. Um, You cut somebody open at the belly, they're going to scream, bleed out, and die. So all it was was amputations. And Dr. Liston was known throughout Europe for being the best doctor with amputations simply because he was fast. Now imagine an amputation surgery with no anesthesia. The patient gets maybe a little bit of brandy, um, which does absolutely nothing. And then there's a room full of people holding the patient down and trying to get him to just shut up long enough for the surgeon to focus on what they're doing so they cut off the right thing. And there, there were sometimes like six, seven people piled on top of the patient just trying to subdue them long enough. I don't know how many people it would take for you, but for me, it'd take at least seven people to sit on my chest to, to prevent me from running out of the room if somebody's trying to saw my leg off. And Dr. Liston could perform an amputation in under two minutes, which is really spectacular and also super scary because you don't have time to like cauterize blood vessels and stuff. The mortality rate was, as you might imagine, pretty high among these patients. So we want to talk about not how great Dr. Liston was at what he did at the time that he did it, but we're going to talk about one gigantic failure that he had. So he's amputating this gentleman's right leg uh, just below the knee. And there are the usual people in there holding down the patient, but there are also other surgeons in the room because Dr. Liston is so great that there are other surgeons who have traveled to witness what he does so that they can learn how to be as quick and efficient as him. During the course of the surgery, Dr. Liston accidentally, I mean, you got to imagine there are just like instruments and saws and, and knives and stuff just flying all over the room and trying to get this leg cut off in under two minutes one of the instruments hits the hand of one of the medical assistants one of this woman who is helping to hold the patient down and takes off three of her fingers at the first knuckle 
So an unfortunate thing. And that actually happened a fair amount. So it didn't even ruin anybody's day until about three days later when that medical assistant developed gangrene in her stubby finger leftovers and the gangrene poisoned her blood and she died. Now, that's not great. You didn't even have surgery and you were killed by the surgeon. Uh, It gets worse because the patient also developed gangrene in his little stumpy leftover of a leg and poisoned his blood and he died. But we're not done yet because one of the surgeons who was in the room witnessing, who was not even close enough to the instruments to get hit, but was close enough to get blood splattered on him. No, I think he actually got like his, his lab coat got sliced or something. And he had blood from the patient. He looked down, he saw blood on his chest, and he thought that he had been nicked with a knife or a saw or whatever it was that they were using, a pickaxe. And he thought that he had been mortally wounded, although his skin had not been broken at all. He dropped to the floor, had a heart attack, and died on the spot. So Robert Liston is now famous over 200 years later, not because he was a world-renowned surgeon during a time where surgery was a literal crap show. I don't know if it was a literal crap show, uh, but it was, a, it was a crap show figuratively. we got to start using literally the right way. That's a whole different thing. Not because he was famous for being a surgeon at a time when surgery was more difficult than it had ever been in history, but because he's the only surgeon ever to perform a surgery with a 300% mortality rate. Um, Quite impressive. Quite impressive. The point is, as usual, you can figure out what your own point is. To me, the point is, if we're going to judge this man by our modern-day standards then he's going to look awful, right? You perform surgery on one dude, and not only do you kill him, but you kill two other people in the room who weren't even involved. That's not great. But if you judge him by the standards of his day, he was the quickest there was. He was very efficient. He probably saved a bunch of lives besides the ones that he killed. So maybe let's just give him a break and we, you can extrapolate this if you want to Christopher Columbus or George Washington or any of the slave owners that you want from, you know, 300 years ago. I'll let you insert whatever you want there. That's what she said. But then the, the whole point is look at yourself today and hope that a few hundred years from now people look back at you and judge you based on who you were in your own time and not compared to whatever futuristic models of morality they will have. All right. We love you. We're happy to be back and we'll see you hopefully next week.